You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, everybody. Happy Halloween, first and foremost. Hopefully, everybody is maybe, gosh, for some of you on the East Coast, you might be getting ready to take some of the kiddos out for some trick-or-treating on Sunday evening. Hopefully, you are having a good day, despite what we saw by the Cincinnati Bengals as they went into New York, had the game in hand, didn't play well, and, of course, ended up on the wrong side of things, 31-34. There are so many different feelings and approaches and takes and all kinds of different things to sift through with all of this. Obviously, an incredibly frustrating day if you are on the Bengals sideline, if you are a Bengals fan, those of us covering the team, obviously, it is a frustrating, frustrating day because it seemed like a game that was not only very winnable, but uh, just some inexcusable mistakes, some uncharacteristic mistakes and things that uh, popped up that made you very, very puzzled as to what was going on with the team. Um, unfortunately, the perfect storm of a lot of different factors came into play today. It would it would seem the Bengals, this was their third straight road game. Obviously, that takes a toll. Uh, it was a game that the Bengals had this opportunity to, in a trap game and all that, uh, fall into that kind of stuff a few weeks ago against Detroit. They took care of business. It was a little sluggish at first. They took care of business there. You felt like this was going to be the same thing here. A depleted Jets roster, including a backup quarterback making his first start against any team in the NFL, Mike White, ended up looking like a borderline Pro Bowl player against a Bengals defense that had been playing pretty well throughout much of the year. And here we stand. The Bengals are 5-3, and and each of those Three losses have been by a margin of a field goal. So when we talk about how good is this team, when we talk about, you know, Zach Taylor being potentially a coach of the year candidate, and rightfully so this year, there still are some stigmas that this team needs to get past. And they need to get past the ability to handle success. Obviously, they were all all over the media in a, a positive light this entire week. A lot of people thought they were going to be six and two after this week. And so, you know, here are the Bengals after the big win against the Ravens and all of that. Here are the Bengals. Here are the Bengals. And they come in and really, especially on defense, drop the ball, so to speak, and uh, just drop one that they they really should have had. Um, there, are, there are some big picture perspectives to, to hold on to. In this one, there are some short-term issues and questions that need to be addressed, but 
I guess when you look at the long-term scope of things, the Bengals are still five and three. They are still in the AFC playoff picture. They are still alive for a playoff spot. It wasn't a division game that they dropped. If you want to be optimistic about some of these things. So you got to, you got to do that. It did take a couple of really big questionable calls at really big moments in the game for the Bengals to come out on the, on the losing end of this. And, and by the calls, I mean, by referees, I never like to blame a game on the officials and I still won't do that here necessarily, but the fact that especially at the end of the game, there's another call we'll talk about, but especially at the end of the game, the referees took the ball out of the Bengals hands and didn't even give them an opportunity to take this thing to overtime, much less win the game. So there are a myriad of things to, to say, Hey, you know what, this team, yeah, it was a rough one. Yeah. You're not going to win every single game every week. They got maybe a couple that you thought they wouldn't get that so far this year. They are five and three as they get close to the bye. They've got the Browns coming to Paul Brown Stadium, and you have to feel like with what you saw from the Browns today, you have to feel like the the Bengals will uh, hopefully take care of business there. But again, it's a little little less certain based on what we saw today. Let's we're going to get to a lot of different things, including. The box score, we're going to get to a couple things on Twitter and whatnot. Um, so I, I want to uh, address a lot of things. And then, of course, we're going to talk a bit about some of the referee stuff and other issues, what's ahead for the Bengals, etc. Let's start with the, this is on cincyjungle.com. So you can go here. We'll put this out there for you. This is on cincyjungle.com. Uh, I'll put the link in the live chat there. Let's take a look at this. This is a tweet out of the the play from Mike Hilton, the one that was called a helmet-to-helmet hit. Most people, whether they're inside or outside of the Bengals community, are agreeing that this is not – this should not have been called. And even if a flag was thrown, it should have been swallowed up by the officials and uh, was not. So we'll play this here. I don't think there's sound on it here. There's a slow motion. Obviously, helmets kind of collide. However, the ball carrier – really lowers his helmet. I mean, Mike Hilton is really, really low to the ground. It's not like he's really attempting to spear, I don't think. And obviously on third and 11, when you have three timeouts left, and in that point of the game, we'll play it one more time. It was a little choppy for some folks here. There it is. Um, You see Hilton here lowering his head, really was kind of around the hip thigh area by the but where he was going, going low to take the ball carrier down. Ball carrier really lowers his head. And they call that at the at a critical juncture in the game. They call that a helmet to helmet hit on Mike Hilton. New set of downs, and the rest is kind of history there for the Bengals. Unfortunately, that was one of the the egregious things by the referees. The other, not nearly as egregious, but still an important one, the Barrios touchdown. Um, I, I feel like that was a little bit that was being bobbled uh, as he dragged his feet. And every week we get a new explanation as to what a catch is, what isn't a catch, what constitutes a catch, all of that. So, and that was a touchdown that brought the Jets back into the game. So that was another one that I felt like that should not have necessarily been called the same way that it was on the field. However, well, let's start, let's start with a couple of uh, right here. Jesse Barnes says BS penalty period, of course. Jay Dalton Wilder, good to see Jay Dalton on there again. Uh, I, I know you watch quite a few of our shows. Thanks for the support there, bud. Uh, one, one of the worst calls I've ever seen. But Billy Watkins sums it up nicely. 
They shouldn't have been in that situation anyway. Yes. So here is a tweet that I, from one of our buddies, he's been on our show and he's a great tweet. Um, Andre Parada. This was, I, I, I thought this was put very, very succinctly. Bengals blew an 11 point lead in the fourth quarter versus a one win team playing a backup quarterback, making his NFL starting debut. It cannot happen. The penalty on Mike Hilton was one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Just terrible and likely a game deciding call. Both statements above are true. So while, again, I'm not going to sit here and say the refs cost this one for the Bengals. I don't wholeheartedly believe that. I believe that they cost them a chance to come back in the game uh, with that with that call at the end there and the one earlier I mentioned. And I think they had an effect on this game and the score of it, no doubt. However, the Bengals allowed Mike White to play a type of football that I would have never, ever expected this th- them to, to allow him to play. And it just seemed like the Bengals were sleepwalking through this thing, especially on defense. It seemed like there were some uh, just issues on things that they have been really, really sound on this year. And I knew that the Bengals were officially in trouble when after their first possession of the third quarter, they did not score any points. So those, I, I know they got kind of robbed a little bit before halftime, 15 seconds left, no timeouts. Okay. They were, they were going to sit, you know, at, at your own 25 yard line, you're going to sit on that ball and go into, go into the locker room. They did get technically on their possession before that they got a field goal, but the first possession of the third quarter, zero points. And that is where the Bengals have dominated throughout the entire season. That last possession of the first half and that first possession of the third quarter, that's where they have dominated prior to this game, 34 points scored in each types of those possessions, zero today. And they did not dominate that area of the game on offense. They were not able to tackle on defense, tackling there were many occasions where guys were either stopped for what should have been a loss that ended up getting three, four yards on a run. There were many occasions where outside runs were just not being brought to the ground. And the Bengals had made a number of moves these past two off seasons, even in the secondary for sound tacklers in that, in that defense. And they, nobody, nobody showed up. They made a couple of big turnovers to really kind of keep the Bengals in the game. And that was it because they could not stop the run. They could not get pressure. They could not do a lot of different things. And the Bengals just really on defense, let things kind of blow up in their face. The offense on, on the other hand was not immune to issues either. So when you look at the offensive side of the ball, Jamar chase drop on a tip in the opening drive, drop in the end zone. You got to catch that ball. Um, there was a miscommunication in, in the second half or uh, with, with, or I think it was second quarter. Maybe we'll, we'll go over the drive summary in a minute. Um, the, 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 the ball where Burrow kind of put it in between Uzama and Boyd and Boyd kind of stopped on it. And it went kind of by everybody costing the Bengals a touchdown, had to settle for a field goal. So there are a lot of issues there. And then of course, early in the game could not get any push on the ground. And in that uh, that early drive, the Bengals opt to go for it after netting negative yards through the first three plays, and they end up getting stymied on that. You get a field goal there. I, I know you don't want to go for it, but you get a field goal there. Different type of trajectory in that game. So let's go to – this is from ESPN.com, and uh, I like to use their, their box score. Let's start, though, before we do the box score – 
let's do the the drives summary because I thought I think there's some interesting uh, information here that lets you know in case you miss the game or in case you kind of forget interesting information here that I think tells it tells you exactly why the result was what it was despite the egregious calls by the officials. You see here a touchdown drive for the Jets. I believe they had not scored any points on any opening drives this year. So they march all the way down. You kind of felt like, oh boy, we're in trouble after that one. Bengals respond with a punt. Then they get the interception and Jesse Bates takes it. Uh, you know, uh, I think that was the Jesse Bates. No, that was not the Jesse Bates one. That was the, uh, remind me again, there's so many plays to go over here. This was the, it was just Jesse Bates. Okay. So Jesse Bates returns it to the Jets one, okay? The Bengals in four plays go minus 14 yards subsequent to that Jesse Bates interception that he returned to the one-yard line. Even if Jesse Bates, you go back to that return, these, these little things add up. You go back to that return, Logan Wilson is trailing him, doesn't look around, and could have picked up, uh, I think it was Elijah Moore, who ended up tackling, yeah, Elijah Moore ended up tackling Jesse Bates. He, Logan Wilson does not turn around to locate Elijah Moore, could have clipped him and let Bates trot into the end zone. Instead, he gets tackled at the one-yard line, setting up this disastrous series of plays. The Bengals get the ball at the one-yard line, minus one yard by Mixon, minus one yard by Mixon, incomplete pass to Chase, that was the drop, and then you have Burrow getting sacked. I would have kind of said, you know what, at that point, I am of the, hey, especially on your opponent's side of the field, especially inside the red zone, you got one yard to go, line up and take four downs to get it, particularly at the goal line. You can't get it. You don't deserve to win. That's kind of my mindset a little bit. However, here, when you, you see the two backwards plays all of a sudden to start your drive, and then you had a drop from your star wide receiver. I, I would kind of say, you know what? Let's just try and get some points out of this thing after all. Uh, and I love the aggressiveness in some ways, but I, I it's it's kind of a read the room situation for me, where you say, you know what? Minus one yard, minus one yard, incomplete to chase. I I don't like where this drive is heading. Let's just take the three and move on, and feel like we could get more turnovers from Mike White, and which they did. Um, and so then you get another interception here and first play, and then you kind of start feeling, okay, this thing's going to start turning back to Cincinnati's, uh, Cincinnati's direction, four plays, 15 yards and a touchdown there. Finally get that the jets missed a field goal after marching down a bit. So then you're going, okay, well now things are going your way. Bengals get a touchdown. All right. They're up 14, seven, uh, still wasn't looking great. Then they lose the, the jets lose a fumble. The Bengals kick a field goal here. Um, this might have been the drive. Uh, yeah, I think this was the one on third and three where he tries to hit either Boyd or Uzama. And it goes in between everybody, just a miscommunication. And Burrow, there was talk of him slamming his helmet on, on the bench when they when he went to the sideline, just very, very frustrated. And in post-game interviews, he said he felt he played well, kind of putting the onus on other players. And, you know, really, he's not wrong about that. When you look at the stats, had the one egregious interception. But at that point, he kept needing to make play after play after play to bail out the defense. Uh, really, the only the only unit that played a perfect game or, or did what they were supposed to do was special teams for the Bengals. Um, that that was really about it. And here is where you, you're you're in. 
look, you get the touchdown and you're up 11 points uh, midway through the fourth quarter. And you go, you know what? All right. And I, I mean, even more so, uh, or right at midway of the of the uh, fourth quarter, excuse me. Then all of a sudden you let up a, an inexplicable, inexplicable touchdown in a short period of time, two minutes, 53 seconds. And then one play, you kind of, you kind of were, you're up by five at this point, one play and you go, okay, do we really need to throw the ball? I mean, I know Burrow had the hot hand, et cetera. Do we need to line up and throw right away? That's another question. Obviously hindsight is 2020, but not, you didn't even get three and out. You went one play and you gave them the ball right at their own 30, uh, 35 yard line. And the Cincinnati Bengals couldn't recover from their punt and get the bad call at the end of the game there. So those are some of the those are some of the drives and key moments of the game, key uh, key plays, etc. That set up the the fact that this was a, an upset by the New York Jets, and obviously just something that you know sticks in the craw of the Bengals and the, the fans, etc. I mean, this, this you see these missed opportunities in so many regards, and it, it's it's maddening. It's really, really maddening, and this was a game that uh, you, you kind of feel like they, they, they should have had this one for sure. Let's look at uh, some of the team stats, then we'll look at some individual stats here. And I got to tell you guys, this is when you look at some of the team stats. This is another area where you go, "Hey, you know, the Bengals should have won this game." Uh, look at look at some of these stats. Look at some of these stats here. Um, you, you look at this this Bengals on the left column jets on the right first downs almost doubled them up did the jets on the Bengals? almost doubled them up 32 to 18 passing first downs 23 by mike white in his first start against the Bengals to the Bengals 13 first downs through the air three rushing first downs six by the jets doubled them up there uh first downs from penalties the Bengals had two and then of course uh you have uh, they got two first downs from penalties, and then the Jets had three first downs from penalties. The biggest, obviously, being at the end of the game. There, Bengals just four of ten on on third down, and the Jets were six of eleven. Bengals, of course, zero for one on fourth down. Look at the yards and plays. Unbelievable, seventy-eight total plays by the Jets to the Bengals, fifty-four, three hundred eighteen yards against the Jets by the Bengals offense, three hundred eighteen yards. 511 by the New York Jets and the backup quarterback in his first start. Have I said that yet before? Unbelievable. Total drives, they both uh, they both had 12, but you look at that's that's crazy. They both had the same amount of drives and look at the yards disparity, the uh, first down disparity, everything. Um, and then yards per play, oh, <clears throat> well over half a yard more per play by the New York Jets over the Cincinnati Bengals. And then 414 passing yards to the Bengals, 277. Bengals had 41 rushing yards to the Jets, 97, 2.6 yards per run by the Bengals. Uh, we're not good in the red zone either, particularly four of six. Uh, Bengals did have five penalties for 51. Jets had eight for 46. And then the Jets had three turnovers and somehow the Bengals end up losing this game. Uh, inexplicable. And then, of course, you look at uh, thir almost 13 more minutes. The Jets hogged the ball than the Cincinnati Bengals did 13 more minutes. So, you know, I, I, I keep kind of saying inexplicable, but this does explain it. This does show you what, what, you know, the tail of the tape here, so to speak, in terms of what, uh, what the jets did to the Bengals. They really took it to the Bengals defense for sure. 
took it to the Bengals defense. There was no doubt about it. Joe Burrow, 21 of 34 for 259 yards passing. Of course, that account, he had, he had 277 total, uh, accounting for the three sacks for 28 yards, did take three sacks, one of which on that critical drive early in the game. Still had 102.5 rating. That interception was huge, but still three touchdowns, a couple of really nice throws down the stretch. Uh, oh, and then Tyler Boyd, by the way, had a 46-yarder. <laughs> so uh, go figure that one out. Um, Bengals finally did a little trick play of their own. New York, uh, Josh Johnson had to come in and, and, and play for Mike White. He was 2-4 of four for 17 yards and, and got the team a field goal. Mike White, though. Mike White, 37 of 45. 405 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. When you take into account two two or three drops by his receivers and the two interceptions. Uh, so here, again, 37 of 45, 405 yards by Mike White and three touchdowns, two interceptions. Did take two sacks, uh, 107.9 rating. Had a higher rating than Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Mixon, 14 carries, 33 yards, 2.4 yards per carry and a touchdown. Chase had a nine-yard carry. Kind of a rough day for Chase, though. Um, you know, uh, not going to be getting one of those Rookie of the Week belts this week, I don't think, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, that's something to to note that the Jets were able to take away Chase in some regards. The Bengals here, T. Higgins, four catches, 97 yards. Uh, was the team's leading receiver, had a, a great 54-yarder and another good catch um, deep into red zone territory there. Tyler Boyd ended up atoning later with a touchdown catch and a nice catch on, on third down uh, that helped get the team that 11-point lead in the fourth quarter that you thought would be insurmountable for the Jets, but um, not the case. Joe Mixon did help out quite a bit in the passing game, largely from the 46-yarder from Boyd. Four catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown. Four catches for 33. Uzama got going a little later. Um, and, and you see here, look at the, the – for the most part, the Bengals were okay in terms of catches to targets with the exception of Jamar Chase. Three catches for 32 yards. Did have a touchdown late, but on nine targets. Three catches on nine targets. So a couple of drops by him, and then just uh, not on the same page today. P. Ryan, two catches, 16 yards. Michael Carter, nine catches, 95 yards. And this is where Mike Mike White did the damage. You see Michael Carter, 15 carries, 77 yards. Michael Carter, nine catches, 95 yards. Um, Ty Johnson, four carries, 15 yards. Hit guys underneath and in the middle parts of the field, and it was just working to perfection for them. And the Bengals didn't seem to want to, or they did not have any kind of answers for this. And you see, I mean, look at 10.6 yards per catch, 10.5 yards per catch, 14.2 yards per catch, 11.2 yards per catch, 15 yards per catch. I mean, it was just double-digit averages for, for the top five wide receivers for the New York Jets. And high yardage amounts, no 100-yarders, but high yardage amounts for, you know, three or four of those guys. Uh, so, I mean, that, that tells you a lot as to what, what was going on there. The touchdowns to Ty Johnson, Tyler Croft with the – the, the one that brought him back in the game and then Braxton Berrios. A uh, kind of a rough game here on, on defense and up and down day up from the offensive line as well. Logan Wilson, 12 tackles, but a lot of them were after plays had already been made by the by the Jets offense. So uh, he, he just was kind of a step behind today. Von Bell did force a fumble, uh, but had nine tackles there. He was kind of a step behind. Bates had the interception, eight total tackles, but um, was out of position on the opening touchdown run 
and some, you know, there were some other things with he and the Bengals secondary. Awuzie, seven total tackles, a tackle for loss, and a pass defended. But you, you could make the argument that this was one of his worst games of the season this year. He and that defense were just out of sorts. Um, Pratt had uh, six tackles and a turnover. Hendrickson, six tackles, did have a sack. But, I mean, it was just very feast or famine in terms of pressure by the Cincinnati Bengals. Joby did have a sack. Hubbard, six tackles. Apple, kind of a down day after recovering nicely from his first rough three weeks. Had a good couple, uh, basically a decent month of football per pro football focus metrics. And then not a great day today. DJ Reader, um, Mike Hilton, you know, uh, still has yet to make, you know, some of the impact, impact plays that you signed him for. Of course, was flagged for that penalty at the end of the game. B.J. Hill has really quieted down since the hot start to the season and not much else behind him uh, in terms of what the, the defense did. And you see here, uh, credit credit the Jets' defense. I mean, they were, they were kind of handling the line of scrimmage for the better part of the game, as were their offensive linemen. Mosley, 10 total tackles. Um, you had the sack from Sheldon Rankins and an additional tackle for loss, which – briefly sent Joe Mixon out of the lineup. Um, just a blown block by Jackson Carmen there. Also had a false start and, and also got injured late in the game, but ended up walking off under his own power. Looked like a scary play where he kind of folded backwards and hurt his back. Thankfully, he looks to be okay. We'll wait for more on that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Michael Carter, the, the other Michael Carter on the team seemingly was everywhere. Had a, uh, a tackle for loss and a pass defended. And just, you know, Quinn and Williams had a sack. Uh, Fadu Kasi was, was making some plays there and just, uh, and Shaq Lawson, of course, had the two passes defended and one was the interception. Just a, quite, quite frankly, a lot of overachievement by the New York Jets today and a lot of underachievement by the Bengals. And I don't want to take things away from the Jets. Maybe they found something in Mike White. Uh, he definitely looked, looked pretty good. Um, but I mean, for the most part, if you go look at our buddy Bengal Jim's Twitter account, when that game was an 11 point lead midway through the fourth by the Bengals, Jets fans were leaving and, uh, they had already seen, they thought they had seen enough. It was 31 to 20 at that point, And somehow the Jets end up coming back and beating the Bengals 34, 31 Bengals had no answers, particularly on defense and made costly mistakes at inopportune times on offense. Thankfully they're. Special teams units ended up stepping up. You see Evan McPherson made every kick. He was asked to make one-on-one on field goals and four-on-four on extra points. Huber, 46.3 yards per punt with a long of 55. So nothing really to, to scream about on the special team side. But some some the offense kept him in it, especially when you score 31. Um, and, and so, you know, they made, they made plays. But it, the lack of complementary football, we've talked about complementary football a bit on this show. Bengals get a turnover. Jesse Bates returns it all the way to the one, and somehow you get zero points out of that, right? Uh, the Bengals end up scoring points, and time after time it seemed the Bengals' defense it, it could not hold the Jets and Mike White in his first start. So they just could not get on the same page today when one unit was playing well, the other was playing atrocious, and vice versa. And that's uh, some of that stuff and those drives and how those played out uh, showed you that. And then, of course, just the statistical disparity that we talked about as well. So, you know, there are uh, a number of different things you can point to on this in terms of who to blame, 
Um, I know a lot of people are pointing at the officials and rightfully so in many ways, but the, the, the two big calls in this game that went against the Bengals um, still, I mean, you're, you're still giving up 30 points, 34 points in the game. So uh, you have to, you, you have to say, you have to kind of say blame is passed all around here for sure. Passed all around. Um, so let's keep rolling here. It seems, you know, this team still keeps saying and doing the right things this week leading up to this game, Joe Burrow and, and everybody was asked about a potential trap game and, and things of that nature. Burrow said, we, you know, this team won't let it happen and we can't look afford to look past this, uh, you know, opponent. Well, the kind of seemed like that was a little bit of what happened. Credit the jets and what they did and credit Mike white and what he did. But I mean, it seems as if that was, uh, a little bit of what happened here. Perfect storm of three straight road games. You just came off a huge win against the Ravens. You were getting your ego stroked all week long, and you've got the Browns coming up on deck, and it just led to a perfect storm of a potential trap game, and that's what happened. But the Jets really, you know, even the score, the score didn't necessarily indicate it, but the Jets were, were beating the Bengals pretty handily in a number of different ways. So, uh, credit them. It was a lot of short and intermediate passing and they did uh, things beautifully. And the Bengals were, well, we're just going to kind of let you take that. We're going to let you take that. And they let them take it all day. And it just kept building up and, and letting them score points. So um, at any rate, here is a, a tweet from Kelsey Conway, who covers the Bengals for Cincinnati Inquirer. I don't remember really this happening, especially with the Bengals, but in pro sports, this doesn't happen too often. I think it happens sometimes in basketball because they bring guys out at the same time. But usually they kind of have one guy speak and then they usher that person off and then they bring in the other. But Joe Mixon, Jesse Bates, and Tyler Boyd um, came up to the podium together. I, I won't play the audio because it's a little quiet, but you can find it on Twitter. Basically what it, what they were saying in it, though, and credit Kelsey Conway, Um just essentially we're team captains and we, you know, we want to come out and have accountability and this, we're going to come out and do what we need to do next week to take care of business. This one slipped past us, et cetera. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you can find that there, but it, it, kind of an interesting image here with Joe Mixon, Jesse Bates and Tyler Boyd, all team captains coming out at the same time and speaking to the media instead of one by one and doing a kind of a camaraderie team captain type of thing. Some people, are so angry at this point in time that they say who, so what, who cares at this point? Uh, some people look at that and say, Hey, that's, that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, I, I personally trend trend towards the latter. I think it's a kind of a neat thing, but words are also hollow a lot of times. And uh, so, you know, the Bengals will need to show up next week against the Browns. Unfortunately, we're going to end with uh, this and some other final thoughts, but here is, the NFL playoff picture updated from what happened so far today. You've got the AFC on the left, the NFC on the right, and what a fall from grace one loss does for the Cincinnati Bengals. You've got the Titans, who, oh, by the way, won a game on a last-second field goal by Randy Bullock. They are now the number one seed somehow in the AFC, followed by the Raiders. Oh, by the way, the Bengals play them in a couple of weeks. You've got the Ravens now who went from the five seed to the three seed by doing what today? Sitting on their butts on the couch. They move up and are now the three seed. The four seed are the Buffalo Bills. The five seed is the Los Angeles Chargers. And you've got the Bengals clinging to life at the six seed. And look who is in the seven seed. And look who is in the eight seed. 
The Pittsburgh Steelers are coming back into things. Four and three, just beat the Browns, seven seed. And the Browns are right behind them, four and four. They face the Bengals this week. So this game next week becomes of paramount importance for both the Bengals and the Browns. That is a, a wild, wild graphic in terms of what has happened just with the result of this game alone. Uh, you see here the Packers have the one seed in the NFC, followed by the Cardinals. They just beat them on Thursday night. Great game that was. Uh, Tampa Bay hanging on to the third seed. Dallas, the number four seed. Uh, the Rams hanging on to the five seed. Saints are the six seed. The Panthers are the seven seed. And you've got the Vikings and the 49ers uh, with 500 or losing records on the bubble there. So that's what's going on in the playoff picture. Look, the sky is not falling. The Bengals have more uh, more things that are ahead of them, and they have more games to play, more important games to play, quite frankly. The Browns, the Raiders, those are two big barometer games and two big games for them in the AFC to see what they will be doing uh, and where the Bengals will sit after those. Um, and, and they're kind of back to back, I believe. I believe the Raiders are, are right after the bye week, so it's Browns bye week, Raiders, and so that is what uh, that's what the Bengals have on tap here going forward. Um, the look, the Bengals drop a hard one this week, and they have to regroup. They have to regroup, no doubt, and they have to do some things to. Uh, Figure, figure this stuff out. And there are some rumblings from our friend Malik Wright and others that the Bengals may be looking at some trade options to make a move to, to get to fix some things and maybe allow them to have a playoff push if possible. Uh, Vaughn Miller's name is floating out there. I don't know if another edge rusher is in their plans. I don't know if another offensive weapon, an offensive lineman, uh, maybe just some rotational help, backup rotational help. I don't know. But the Bengals may be looking to do something before the trade deadline here. We will see, and we will have that for you on CincyJungle.com and on this show, the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. And uh, we'll, we'll have all your news, opinions, analysis, commentary, all that kind of stuff for you, not only on this program, but also on CincyJungle.com. You can get this show on YouTube. I believe there's a little icon right there. You can click that to be uh, to subscribe and then also click the bell to be notified when we go live and when new content is available. And then of course you can get all of the great podcasts on Cincy jungles podcast channel through your favorite audio streamer, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google podcasts, iHeartRadio, any of the major ones we are on them. So go check it out. And of course this show as it always is, is presented to you by symbol. Now, unfortunately the Bengals may have hurt some of you in your survival pools today. I know survival pool, I am in a number of, about a dozen people at least in it were knocked out because of the Cincinnati Bengals. Fortunately, I had already picked them earlier uh, against the Jaguars, so it didn't affect me. But if you play survival football, if you play fantasy football, if you do anything with the stock market, you got to check out Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L, and then the website is simbull.app backslash OBI, where you can trade teams, buy, sell, trade teams like they are stocks. You can go in there and invest in teams, whether it is the Bengals, who have surprised quite a few people, or other teams 
in other sports even, you can go buy teams like their stocks and either play it for a long-term gain or maybe make some money short-term and turn it around that way. What they do have going is a promotion for our listeners. If you use the promo code OBI, you get a $500 money-back guarantee if you deposit up to $500 in your account, your symbol account, and you lose money, they will protect it for the first 90 days that you sign up with them and submit a deposit into your account and make transactions. Not many folks and not many companies can say that. You got to use the promo code OBI and you got to go to symbol.app, S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot A-P-P backslash OBI to take advantage of the promo. We are going to get out of here and hopefully the Bengals can find a way to recover from this one. Again, um, the Bengals lose 34-31 to the New York Jets, and they have they have some catching up to do, as, as obvious as it is with the AFC playoff standings. The Bengals fall five spots in the standings there. So they've got some uh, they've got some making up to do for sure. Again, I'm Anthony Cazenza with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com. Thanks for tuning in for the post-game show. I know a lot of you got a lot of Halloween stuff to do, so hopefully you have a fun and safe Halloween. Hey, if you got some costumes, Bengals or otherwise, share them with us on our on our social media account if you want, at Bengals OBI, on Cincy Jungle's Facebook page or wherever you, you check us out. We'd like to see those and share those. appreciate all of you for tuning in. I know this wasn't an easy one to digest on a number of different fronts, but uh, we can commiserate a little bit. Look, again, I, I, I am very, very frustrated at what I witnessed this afternoon. However, the Bengals are 5-3. and three. They're right in the thick of things. They've got winnable games ahead of them and important games ahead of them in the form of the Raiders, the Chiefs, the Browns, all less, you know, they're more vulnerable than they seemed earlier in the season. And the Bengals now are, uh, they, you know, this is, this is, one of those things that could be coined as a turning point in the Bengals season. They could take this opportunity in this game and say, look, we, we have not arrived yet, despite what everybody said in the media this, this whole week. And despite what we did against the Baltimore Ravens, we have not truly arrived yet. And when we truly arrive, we need to take care of business in games like these. And we need to win on the road and at home against our big division rivals consistently. And uh, until they do that, you know, they got to keep they got to keep grinding hard and, and working hard. The good news also, three losses, a total of nine points. They will be in every game, folks. They will be in every single game. Even when they play poorly, they will be in every single game. And uh, you know, I know you you want to come out on the right side of things and, and the Zach Taylor era in one possession games, the record is not good, but you know, Things are still moving in the right direction overall, despite what we saw today. I think we can all agree about that. Got to take a step back and, and kind of see the big picture of things. But you do also hope that this game, though it was not a divisional game, it was a conference game, you do have to hope that this is not something that come playoff time, come seeding time, any of that, that you look back at this game and say, oh boy, what could have been. But hopefully the Bengals take this opportunity as a learning experience. They are a young team. Take it to heart move forward and really take it to the Cleveland Browns next week. That's, that's the hope. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Enjoy your Halloween, have a good holiday, be safe, and we will talk to you soon.